Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Bechet, and this is the AAF Exchange, a podcast from the American Action Forum, where experts provide clear, data-driven insights into today's economic and domestic policy issues. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. The 2020 presidential campaign is underway, and there's been a lot of discussion about immigration and its impact on the economy. On this episode of the AAF Exchange, we'll be focusing on legal immigration, and specifically the economic impact of legal immigration. Today we have with us Jacqueline Varis, who is the Director of Immigration and Trade Policy here at American Action Forum. Jackie, thank you for coming back on. Yeah, thank you for having me. So let's start by talking about the current system. Briefly, can you give us the layout of the current immigration system? Sure. So um, just as some background, there is currently about 44 and a half million immigrants in the United States. So that's roughly 14, 15 percent of the population Um, of that. About a quarter are undocumented, but that population has been declining. So right now we have about 10 and a half million undocumented immigrants living in the United States. And that's fallen um, from a peak in 2007. It's just been declining ever since then. So when we think about annual flows, how many people come each year, roughly a million legal immigrants come each year um, to get green cards, legal permanent residency. That means they're good. They can stay here forever. Um, How do you get a green card? So our system was really built in 1965. That's when we established our priorities for immigration policy. And what those priorities are, are family reunification. So right now, two thirds of green cards are given to people based on their family relationships. Are you a spouse or a child of a U.S. citizen or a legal permanent resident? Um, And then some siblings can qualify as well. So behind family-based green cards, the second highest category is humanitarian. So you think asylees, refugees. And then only after that is economic immigration. So these are employment-based visas. If someone wants to come here and work, they can be lucky enough to be granted one of the 140,000 employment-based green cards given out each year. But it's really not a lot of opportunity for those folks. Right. Okay. So we know that there's a lot of concerns around immigration. You've written a lot about the positive impacts of of immigration, and again, we're talking about legal immigration today. Um, but clearly, as I you know mentioned with the concerns, not everyone is on board. So let's talk about some of those um, concerns and perhaps misconceptions about the impact of legal immigrants on the U.S. economy. First, big picture: Are immigrants a net positive or negative on the economy? Um, On the whole, immigration is a net positive. So immigration policy, like any other policy, has its positives and negatives. And policymakers need to consider both when crafting immigration policy. But when you think about it at its core, immigration increases the population of the United States. So that means there's more people going to the grocery store, buying goods and services, um, creating demand for jobs through their increased economic activity. And then in addition to that, if you just look at the characteristics of 
immigrants to the United States, people born outside of the country have higher rates of labor force participation than people born in the United States. Um, They also start businesses at higher rates. So there was a study of Fortune 500 companies that found over 40 percent of Fortune 500 companies have either been founded by immigrants or they're the children of immigrants. So that's not to say there aren't costs to increasing the population. It does increase labor market competition. And there are some people displaced by these this new labor market competition. But. The harm is very concentrated and the benefits to economic growth are widespread. Mm-hmm. Let's take some of those specifics in turn. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. You know, it's my job. I'm the digital strategist here at AAF, so naturally I spend a lot of time there. Um, <laughs> and there are a lot of people talking about this issue. I think, you know, it's one of the more common issues you see uh, in the comment section of, of different of different tweets. One of the comments I see a lot about when we're talking about immigrants and, and it's taking jobs from people who are born in the United States. Is this a valid concern? I definitely hear that concern as well. Um, a lot of my job is going around town, talking to people about immigration policy and what it should look like. And a lot of what I hear is that they see their friends and family struggling to find employment, and they also see a big immigrant population in their community at the same time. So obviously this concern comes up. But I think the important thing to understand is that the number of jobs in the economy is not fixed. You know, as the population grows, so does the number of jobs. We've expanded from a country of 13 colonies to one of over 300 million people, and people aren't necessarily concerned about their children being able to find jobs, even as it increases the population. Um also, I'm an economics nerd, so I, of course, want to look at the you research <laughs> just a little bit. We, we kind of all are here. Um, but if you look into the research and you really dig into it, you find that immigration produces gains in productivity. That's because people come in and there is that increased competition. So people end up finding jobs where they're most specialized in. They gravitate to where their skills are. And the facts are that simply people born in the United States and people coming to the United States tend to have different job preferences due to different skills, different language ability, um, different levels of education, different interests. So on the whole, immigrants and natives are really complements for one another in the labor market. And to the extent that there is job displacement, what this is are labor market shifts. So while it may be painful to the few people that are displaced, it results in an overall increase in productivity, which increases economic growth, increases standards of living. So now what about wages? Um, You know, I hear a lot of people are concerned about, um, you know, their paychecks uh, for obvious reasons. And so they think that immigrants come in and work for lower wages and ultimately putting downward pressure on wages for native workers. What about these concerns? There is a lot of concern about wages, especially on the lower skilled end of the labor market. Um, At the higher skilled end, there's really no evidence that immigrants depress wages there. In fact, I did a study not too long ago looking at income inequality between immigrants um, and natives and immigrants' impact on income inequality in the United States. And what we found there was that at the the top 10 percent of the income bracket, now foreign born workers are actually making more than people born in the United States. It's at the lower end where the 
there's the fear of wage depression. Um, And so what the research has said is that when you're looking at workers with less than a high school education, high school dropouts, um, there can be some negative impacts there. But any impact, negative or positive, is modest. And then you look at cases um, with a concentrated influx of foreign-born workers. There's a famous case called the Marielle Boatlift, where there was a flood of, I believe it was 125,000 Cubans to Miami at one time. They were refugees. And the research there found that even with this huge increase in labor market competition, there wasn't any negative impact of wages for U.S. born high school dropouts. So while there can be some negative impacts, it generally is concentrated. And like I said earlier, the productivity gains that are spurred from the increase in the labor force have positive spillovers for the entire population. Um, with that case that you just mentioned down in Cuba, do you know the reason why that we didn't see that wage shift? Like, was there some economics behind, you know, some good economic reasoning behind that? Um, I believe what the study did, and this is getting kind of technical. Um, so they simulated a scenario where there wasn't the huge influx in, in migrant workers and compared it to what actually happened and then just looked at the wages. So what I would guess, I mean, I wasn't the author of that study. Uh, I don't have a PhD, unfortunately, but... What I would guess is that because of the increase in the population, it just increased the economic activity and and was job creating in itself. So that I mean, that tends to happen just over time as there's more people. It, it generates more economic activity and more jobs. And where the negative impacts happen are in the areas that are kind of slower to uh, progress forward and adapt to the changing economy. And they just need some time to catch up. Gotcha. I should have known asking an economics nerd that I was going to get a technical <laughs> response. What about the impact on state and federal budgets? Um, does research show that the drain in resources on, you know, um, from the social safety net occur? So draining the social safety net, that's also something I hear a lot. And I believe that a recent survey showed it's actually the number one concern for people about immigration is welfare, welfare use. Um, and so what research has shown there is that first generation immigrants, people who come here um, right off the bat, they are more costly than um U.S. born citizens because they have higher birth rates. They they simply have more babies than we do. And when you have babies, you need to educate them. <laughs> so uh, it, it is a uh, a struggle for the public school system sometimes. It, it's increased costs there. But after that, when those people grow up and when they have their own children, the benefit use really declines. So the research also found that adult immigrants use welfare at lower rates than people born in the United States. And by the time they reach Social Security age, they really flipped um, that ratio and they're using less than U.S. born citizens. And then on top of that, just some basics to know, because I know there's some confusion here. Um, legal permanent residents, so people with green cards, don't have access to the full suite of government benefits until they've been here for five years. So it's not like you come here and you immediately get on welfare and, and you just stay there. Um, and over that time, that's really gives people an opportunity to integrate into the society, to 
get an established job. Um, and then on the other side, undocumented immigrants don't have access to welfare at all, uh, unless, for instance, they need emergency medical care or there's some states that will allow undocumented immigrants access to certain means tested welfare. But that's really a state by state case um, on the whole. Immigrants and their children especially end up contributing more in taxes than U.S. born um, citizens, simply, especially their children, simply because they work at higher rates. Hmm, Very interesting. Um, So with all that in mind, how how important is immigration to our economy? I would argue that immigration is one of the most important policy decisions our country can make. One, because without immigration, our population declines. You know, like I said earlier, We don't have a lot of children um, here. Our birth rate is below replacement level. So if we were to just close the doors to all immigrants moving forward, that means the United States would shrink. And there's nothing that can ensure economic decline faster than a shrinking population. Um, And one more thing I would add is that immigration policy allows us the opportunity to really pick our future. We are establishing the future of our nation, what it will become. And I think it's one of the most important things we can do. Mm -hmm. I know, like Doug talks a lot about how, you know, we have more jobs than we have workers. So, you know, immigration is, is necessary to fill those jobs. That's very true. Right now, we have the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. Uh, It's really remarkable to see. And I hear so many cases of businesses struggling to find workers, struggling to fill the positions. So now especially is the time to be thinking about immigration and how we can reform our system to better meet the needs of our economy. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of the concerns with the with with legal immigration and and the effect it has on on the economy and some of the talked about some of the misconceptions out there. Um, But a lot of the time, you know, we hear our government officials say, you know, the immigration system is broken. And I know you just come out with a reform proposal. In the time we have left, let's talk about solutions. What was the top line goal of your reform? What we wanted to do with our reform is redesign the immigration system to be focused on the economy. Like I said, it hasn't been reformed really at its core since 1965. Um, And I would say the immigration system is broken because it is so difficult for a person who wants to come to the United States and contribute to our economy to do so unless they just happen to have a family relative here. So our proposal just at its core wants to change the way we think about immigration, use a point system to identify desirable characteristics of immigrants that we want to welcome to the United States, you know, based on criteria like education and work experience, you know, local economic demands, but also add a temporary visa program that if you don't maybe look as good on paper, you don't have a college degree, but you have all this work experience and you could you could contribute to our economy at a temporary program that could allow individuals to prove their labor market value um, and eventually get a huge points bump to qualify them for entry. So really, we just want to rethink the entire immigration system to be a force for the economy. Yeah, I have so many follow-up questions about about that proposal, but uh, we do not have, unfortunately do not have the time to unpack all of those details today, um, which means you get to come back on for a future podcast, <laughs> and everyone will have to mark their calendars for when you come back back on. To end the podcast, before we let you go, we like to talk about one fun thing. 
And this week, I'm going to ask you about your trip to Colorado because you've been talking about it in the office for so long. So I think, you know, everyone, all of our many listeners would like to hear about it as well. I hear you got to meet your hero. Tell us about your trip to Colorado. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. Um, It was basically my reward for myself after graduating with my master's earlier this year. And the Rocky Mountains are the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, It's just pure magic. And so that was amazing. But like you said, I also got to see one of my favorite people who is <laughs> Joe Rogan. Um, I've been educating everyone in the office about Joe Rogan. And I was surprised because the opener was Andrew Santino, which is another person that I very much enjoy. And for those who don't know, these are comedians. Uh, but Joe is so much more than a comedian. Um and yeah, it was absolutely great. And I would love to come back and talk to you more about the immigration proposal. We put a lot of hard work into it and I'm I'm very proud of it. Awesome. Well, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not your favorite podcaster, but <laughs> I, I, I'll understand this one time. Um, Jackie, thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Tune back in for our next episode. Our experts will provide clear, data-driven insights into today's economic and domestic issues. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. I'd also encourage you to check out any of the links in our show notes and also follow us on social media to learn more about AAF.